0: Thank you for joining us for this message. Whether you are watching for the first time or are simply catching up on a message you miss, we are so glad you are connecting to God's Word today. Our hope is that as you listen to the message, you will experience a real encounter with God. Please consider giving financially to support God's work through our ministry You will find several options to do that by clicking on the word give in the menu on our website at KentwoodCommunityChurch.com. May you be inspired by the word today. Well, like he said, my name is Angela Amorine. Happy New Year. It is so good to see you. I'm so blessed and privileged to be able to be the next-gen pastor here. I've brought up my son, Caden, to help us with our scripture reading this morning. And I'm so excited. I'm just ready to dive into God's word. Are you? Awesome. All right. Well, whether you're at home or here, would you stand with us for the reading of God's word? We're going to be reading from the book of Joshua this morning. So I am going to read a verse, and then you will go ahead and read along with Caden. You got this? I know you do. All right. I'm going to start at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. No one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live. For I will be with you, as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, either turning to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in all you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in every, all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray together. Lord God, we ask right now that in this special time and this special space that we have carved out, that your word would speak to our hearts and it would change us from the inside out in whatever way that you would like to. We pray right now that the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. It's in Christ's name that we pray and everybody said... Amen, you can go and have a seat. Caden, you can have a seat. You did a fantastic job, my son. Well, when I was in high school, I had an opportunity to be part of a musical that our community theater group was putting on. And my extremely talented best friend, Emily, landed the coveted role of Dorothy in this very famous, well-known musical, The Wizard of Oz. And she was perfect for it. Well, me being the slightly less talented, slightly less poised kind of silly friend, I thought that playing the role of the scarecrow would be perfect. I mean, how great would that be, best friends playing Dorothy and the scarecrow? But how many of you have ever auditioned or tried out for anything, right? Maybe a play, a musical, a choir, a sports team, something. Yeah, if you have, you know the audition process can be slightly terrifying. (laughs) And since dancing is not my spiritual gift, I think that that may have had something to do with the fact that I ended up as the much better role of a poppy. It's kind of hard to mess up these dance moves. I'm so sorry that I do not have a picture to show you. Alas, this was in the dark ages, long before smartphones ever existed. Uh, If you know anything about the story of the Wizard of Oz, you know that there are four main characters. We have Dorothy, you have the Scarecrow, you have the Tin Man, and then you have the Lion. Or as he's known as, the Cowardly Lion. And this poor king of the beasts, he's living in so much fear that it really prevents him from doing a lot. And he runs away from everything. Remember, even little old Toto, the little dog, he runs away from it. And the four of them embark on this journey to go to see the wizard. And they get to ask the wizard for one thing, whatever they wish. And of course, the lion asks for courage. And when he does, the wizard says this to him. All you need is confidence in yourself. There's no living thing that's not afraid when it faces danger. The true courage is in facing, da- in, is in facing danger when you are afraid. And that kind of courage you have in plenty. Well, it makes for a really nice movie line, doesn't it? It sounds like a really great thing that a wizard would say. And sometimes our culture says that sort of thing too, but it's really not very biblical. You know, this idea of just looking inside of yourself, just look inside and you have all the courage that you need. You'll just be able to pull it out at the right time. The reality is in order to live a life of courage, the most important thing that we need to know is it relies not on us, but on our reliance on Christ. This morning we're going to look at three questions when it comes to living a life of courage for Christ, and it's super simple. What, why, and how? So we're gonna take a look at the first one. What is courage? Well, simply put, according to dictionary.com, courage is the ability to do something that you know is dangerous or difficult. Some people might say the word bravery interchangeably, or you could even say it's the opposite of fear. Oh, fear. That terrifying four-letter word that none of us really like to acknowledge, but it's a natural part of life that all of us seem to continuously want to avoid, but we all experience it, it in a different way. And regardless of how we handle fear, it affects all of us. And there's a certain amount of fear, don't get me wrong, it kinda keeps us from doing dangerous and stupid things that we probably shouldn't do, right? But the unfortunate thing, what fear can do It can also cripple us, it can steal our joy, it can take advantage of it, and yes, it can even prevent us from doing things that we know God has called us to. We're gonna come back to that in a little bit. The story that we're looking at today in scripture all about Joshua's life is right at a point in his life that is going to require an immense amount of courage. I'm going to give you just a little bit of backstory on Joshua and where he's at at this point in his life. Probably the most well-known story about Joshua is Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, right? You guys know that one. And the walls came tumbling down, right? Well, that happens just a little bit later. So the part of the story that we're reading about happens just before that. When we're actually first introduced to Joshua, it's in Exodus, and we see that there's a different battle going on. And Joshua is Moses' right-hand man. He's his assistant. He's his aide. And Moses, in case you don't know, he is a really important guy in bringing the Israelites out of captivity and free from slavery. At that, after that battle, the next time we see Joshua, there's another famous story where he's a part of these 12 spies. So there's this promised land that God has promised to the people. And so Moses sends out 12 spies, and Joshua is part of that. And they're there to like scope out the land. So they're there for 40 days, and they come back. And when they do report, uh, the first 10 say, yeah, yeah. This land is amazing. I mean, there's grapes the size of my head. But there's a big problem. There's already people living there. And they look really big. And I don't think that we should mess with them. There's no way we should try and enter this promised land. According to the story in Numbers 13, two of those spies, Caleb and Joshua, yes, our guy Joshua that we're talking about, silences the people and says, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. So up to this point, so far as we've been introduced to Joshua, we've already seen him with quite a bit of courage, right? He's faced adversity before. He's had some courage. But this part in Joshua's story is a little bit different. You see, Moses, yeah, the guy he's been following, he's just died. The people are mourning, and then the next thing that happens, the Lord says to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Talk about a scary and slightly intimidating moment. (laughs) So Moses, he's written the first five books of the Bible. He uh, got the Ten Commandments. He's led the people out of slavery. The person that Joshua has followed has died. And now this mantle of leadership has been placed on Joshua's shoulders. I don't think it's too far reaching to think that Joshua may have been scared. It's also evidenced in how many times God says in this short passage to Joshua, be strong and courageous. God's not telling Joshua to not be afraid because he can handle it on his own. God doesn't tell Joshua not to be afraid because the situation isn't scary. And God's not telling Joshua, hey, don't be afraid. It's not really that big of a deal. Why would you be afraid? Not at all. God is reminding Joshua not to be afraid because God is with him. Joshua is not the Savior in this story, God is. One of my favorite verses in the Bible reminds me of the truth that my weakness is nothing to be afraid of. 2 Corinthians 12 says, So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults and in hardships and in persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. I don't have to find courage on my own. Joshua didn't. I can boast about my weakness and my inability to conquer fear on my own because in my weakness, that's when God is on full display. I don't wanna be like the cowardly lion trying desperately to find the courage from within. I want to know that God can and God will be strong enough because if God can face sin and death once for all people, he can give me courage even in the hardest situation. Courage is living boldly and confidently in the power and strength of God, trusting that he can and he will keep his promises. Okay, so that's the what. I told you there were three things, right? Let's go on to the next one. Why is courage important? Well, we see in the life of Joshua How courage impacted his life in a variety of different ways. And I also believe how it can impact your life and mine. Courage is important because it shapes not just our present, but the future. Just look at all of the ways that Joshua's courage affected not just him, but thousands that came after him. I know we didn't read the next part of the story, but the next part of the story, spoiler alert, is they go into the promised land and Joshua is the one who leads them. Lives were affected not only momentarily, but for generations to come. And it is hard to fathom what the trajectory of the Israelites' lives and Joshua's life would have been like if he hadn't stepped out in courage Because when we walk out in the courage that God gives us, it influences today and tomorrow. Well, courage is also important because it builds our faith. Each and every time we walk out in courage, we're creating another moment that we can look back on to say, look at what God has done for me. Each time we step out in courage, it's just like we're remembering the goodness and faithfulness of God. Yes, we can count on him to keep his promises. Joshua was able to look at the fears that he faced ahead of him because of God's faithfulness that he could look at behind him. This is something personally that's very helpful for me. When I am facing something that's difficult or scary, I just start to make a list. Sometimes I even just write it down. When have I personally seen God's faithfulness in my life? And if I can't think of anything, I'll start reading scripture and write down every time that God has shown his faithfulness. Well, the next thing is courage is important because we don't want to miss out on something that God has called us to. If you're listening to the sermon, either here or if you're watching online, he has called each and every person. His first calling is to know him and to love him and to be loved by him. And the second calling is an invitation to help complete the mission in both little ways and in big ways. But if we don't rise up and courage, we can miss out on that second calling. This last year, my family, we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it was our first time that we took our children. The first day that we got there, we were just kind of walking around this big touristy area, and there were like bumper cars, and there was a laser tag and a Ferris wheel, and then my kids saw it. The thing they could not get out of their minds the rest of the time we were there, the high ropes course. Now, I married a wonderful man who in his former years was a camp counselor and he worked as a high ropes course instructor. So when we saw this and the kids started begging to go, he was thrilled. But they have a mother (laughs) who I have to take a few cleansing breaths just to go up to the third rung on a ladder. Anybody with me? So, when my kids said they really, really wanted to go, and they just started, they started begging, mom, please, please, will you come with us? I started to do some of this self-talk and try to convince myself all the reasons of why I should firmly place myself on the ground. Well, someone's (laughs) gotta take the pictures, right? Yeah, Someone else has done that. I got to take the pictures because, I mean, if we don't have pictures, how are they ever going to remember this happened, right? That's how it works. The truth is, I've done similar things when God has asked me to do something to step out of my own comfort zone. When I felt prompted to ask the server at a restaurant to pray for them, God, you know, that could be really awkward. I mean, what if they don't have anything? What if they're not a Christian? I don't want to, like, ruin their day. Uh, or if I felt prompted, just one more time to reach out that to that person that I know is in need. But I've already done it twice, God, you know? And that's more than anybody else probably did, and... I mean, right now, I've, I've kind of stressed. i got enough going on, and no one would blame me for not reaching out one more time. The other day, my family and I, we were sledding at the park, and I noticed this teenage girl. She was wandering around, and she had her phone in her hand with a charge cord. She comes up to us at the park and says, do you know where I could charge my phone? And I started some of this inner dialogue. Because the easy thing would have been to just say, no, I don't, we're in the middle of a park, good luck on your journey. But she didn't have gloves on or a hat, her coat wasn't very thick. And I knew that if we got involved, it might get a little bit messy and a little bit uncomfortable and it could take a while. I didn't know if I would have the courage required to follow through with that. But then I thought, but what if we don't? So fortunately, with God's help, we were able to stand up with courage and step into that situation and help. I don't know if you guys can relate or not, but there are times when God is calling us to something, like the examples I just gave or like Joshua, right, his opportunity to say yes or to say no, and if we say yes, it's going to require courage that's beyond us. But if we say no, we will never know the opportunities that we miss on. So, Gatlinburg, high ropes course. I strapped on that harness. I tightened that harness as tight as I could get it until my extremities had no feeling in them anymore. And I climbed up to that high ropes course with my kids, and I hated every second of being off the ground. But I loved the joy in my children's faces when they saw that their mom faced her fears just be with them courage is important because if we don't have it we could miss out on something that god has for us all right we said the what we said the why here we go on to how how can we live a life of courage this can be the trickiest part Living courageously can sound so simple and easy. and Oh, it just sounds like a Christmas card, doesn't it? I'm just going to live courageously this new year. But what about when you face something that's really hard? Some people in this room have faced challenges and battles that have been so far beyond your own capacity to handle. You have maybe even asked the question, God, are you still there? I want to take a moment. If that's you, you're in good company. Job, Habakkuk, David, Joseph, Gideon, even Jesus in his final moments on the cross my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you have lived here on planet Earth for the last two years, job loss, sickness, tensions with people, whether it's politically over, or over wearing a mask, or, or if your kids are in school, or if they're not in school, or life just doesn't feel normal. And even without a pandemic, we've got enough stuff. That brings us fear, don't we? So when those times come, I believe that there are three things that will help us with the how to live courageously. The first is this. We rely on God's promises. Just turn to your neighbor and say, rely. Okay, now turn to your other neighbor and say, rely. That was better. That was better second time. Uh, I remember that when I was in high school, my parents gave me this book, and it said some, It was something like "100 uh, Promises of God," and I, I thought I was really blown away. I was like, "There's 100 promises of God that He gave us. That's a lot. 100 promises. Wow. Did you know there's not 100 promises that God gave us in the Bible? There's not 101." There's not 102. No, there's not 200. There's not 300. There's not 500. My friends, in the Bible, uh, I did not find all these, but Dr. Everett Storms found that there are over 7,000 times when God gave a promise to his people in his word. How many of them do you know? How about this one? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 29, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Oh wait, how about this one? Oh my goodness, you guys are never going to believe this. Joshua 1, 9 has a promise in it. I you think we've heard this already today? This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, this is a good promise too. Do you guys know Hebrews 10.23? Have you heard this one before? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Oh, wait, there's another one, you guys. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Or one of my personal favorites, John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. At the end of today's message, if you don't have all 7,000 of those promises in that brain of yours, maybe you're like me. If I don't write things down at my age, I forget it. Maybe you wanna start making a list of all of those promises so that when you are tempted to fear, you can rely on his promise. The second thing is remember his faithfulness. These all go hand in hand. The Israelites were really great at this. In Deuteronomy chapter six, there's this famous prayer called the Shema. And part of it, I'm gonna read out of the New International Reader's Version, which is fantastic for kids. Um, And it goes like this. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart and all your soul, love him with all your strengths. The commandments I give you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed and speak about them when you get up. Write them down and tie them on your hands as a reminder. Also, tie them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house. Also, write them on your gates. There's a couple repeated phrases there. The first is talk. Talk about God. Talk about his promise. Talk about his faithfulness. It doesn't always have to be a 30-minute devotional around the table. But when was the last time in your household that you just said, man, you wouldn't believe how God was faithful today? Do you talk about it with your spouse? With your kids, with your parents, with your friends. Let's talk about it. And the next thing the verse says is, write it down. Sometimes we read a promise of God and we think, oh, that's a really good one. I should remember that. But it's really hard to remember stuff when we're in a fearful moment. What would happen if we wrote a verse down and put it someplace where you could see it? Have you ever done that before? Write a verse down. Put it in your car. Put it on your laptop. Put it on a notebook. Put it on the mirror. Put it on the fridge, someplace where you see it. Now, we have some pretty amazing people here at KCC, and we have this awesome communications department. And we've made this super simple for every person that's here. We made a card. So if you hate writing, look at that. We already took that step out for you. So we have these verse cards for you outside either door here. And on your way out, we would encourage you, take this verse. This is Joshua 1.9. Put this in a place where you'll see it. So you can live courageously. So you can be reminded. You can remember his faithfulness. Well, the third thing that can help us live courageously is this. Remember who is in control. Joshua knew that he was not in control, he knew that God was. We have to remember the second part of God's command do not be afraid. For I am with you. Our circumstances may not change. But we can have courage because God is with us. He is with us in the hard. He is with us in the lonely. He is with us in the sad and in the tired and in the scary. He will never, ever leave us. He will never, ever forsake us. And that is his promise. He was with Noah when he faced ridicule, but God brought him rescue. He was with Sarah when she was barren, but God brought a baby. And he was with Moses when he was lost and lonely, but God gave him leadership and a legacy. He was with Joshua when he faced pressure, but God brought him into a promised land. He was with Joseph when he faced danger and he gave him deliverance. He was with Jonah when he faced his own resentment, but God gave him rescue. He was with David when he faced a monster and God brought a miracle. He was with Mary when she faced the impossible and he brought the great I am, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lay in a manger. I'm not done yet. He was with the disciples when they were persecuted and he brought his presence. He was with John Wesley when he faced religion and he brought about relationship. He was with Harriet Tubman when she faced the vile hatred of man and God brought her victory. He was with Billy Graham when he faced his own rebellion and God gave him revival. He was with you and me in a pandemic when we were panicked and confused and he has brought us his peace and his comfort. He will be with you and he will be with me. Whatever we face this year, in the mountain, in the valley, in the good, in the bad, in the high and in the low, we can face the future, the unknown, because God has been faithful through thousands of generations. And if you think that he is about to stop being faithful, then you better strap on your courage and you better remind yourself of all the times when God said yes, when God was there, when God said, I am unlike that cowardly lion that we mentioned at the beginning the Bible mentions another lion and he is not cowardly at all in fact it is quite the opposite the Bible says he is the lion of Judah he is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords he broke the power of sin and death he swallowed up death ever so what do you face this year you face loneliness be strong and courageous do not be afraid the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you sick? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you facing a trial? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you facing something bigger than what you could ever do on your own strength? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father God, We praise the Lion of Judah who has swallowed death and sin with one swift breath. We praise. The fact that we do not have to rely on ourselves, but we rely on the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the bright and morning star. We step out encouraged this year, not because we can but you can. And we this morning, Lord, want to just surrender. And if anyone in this room like me has faced times where they tried to just pull out some strength from themselves, God, we want to surrender that to you this morning. We lay that at your feet and we admittingly say, we can't But you can, and we are so grateful, Lord. Would we remember these things? Would we remember your faithfulness and your promises as we head into this new year? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.